February 19th, 2024. I'd like to this morning talk to you about the written words of Halakha. It's entitled the written words of Halakha number nine. If you weren't here for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight, and you didn't listen to them, you're okay. Nothing to worry about because the general premise is what carries us through, not the content per se of past classes. And the general premise of this series of classes goes as follows. When we're dealing with a system of law known as halakha, it's oftentimes not as significant, so to, spe- so to speak, what the personality, what the uh, flesh and blood individual and mind and heart who issued the words or the ruling actually quote-unquote believed or practiced. It's what their words on the piece of paper dictate. In other words, when we find something in writing that, over the course of our long and storied history of halakha, has been the binding word. We've determined law more based on the written word than on, so to speak, the spoken word, which is a fascinating thing when you take a step back and think about that. Written word was supposed to be Torah Bichtav. Torah Ba'alpeh, the oral tradition, was supposed to remove us from that textual side of matters. And yet, as the oral tradition over the course of generations has been written down and continues to be written with Teshubot or Halakha books, if it's the written word oftentimes, if not always, has reigned supreme. And it's brought us to, in my opinion, many interesting conversations and analyses with regards to how this has followed itself through. In one of the earlier classes, which will be somewhat related to this one, we noticed how Maran Rabbi Yosef Karo, of course, wrote many works. Uh, he wrote Kesef Mishneh's commentary on Haram Bam's uh, Mishneh Torah. He wrote Bet Yosef's commentary on Tur. He wrote uh, Shohan Aruch, of course, and he wrote as well a Bedek Habayit, in addition to many other books, which we'll address in a moment or two. His Bedek Habayit is, so to speak, his uh, cleanup. After he finished Beit Yosef and he wanted to make additions or uh, corrections, he wrote his Beit Kabayit. We noticed something interesting in the early classes, and one of the early classes, and that was that sometimes the words of Maran Rabbi Yosef Karo, although he writes Beit Kabayit after his Beit Yosef, clearly meaning to say that I'm fixing or adding on to what I said, his words in Beit Kabayit are not always accepted. Of course, there are many rationale, many suggestions as to why, but what we read were there were certain communities or rabbis of communities who suggested we accepted the words of Beit Yosef. We accepted the written words of Shohan Aruch. Beit although the same personality, also the same mind, also the same mouth of the person who wrote those other words was never accepted by us. There's a fascinating feature to that. It means that we're again focusing on segments of the written word as opposed to others and completely um, setting aside uh, the personality that stood behind it. In the initial two sources, what I'd like to address today, and then bring it uh, in the same direction, but to the side a bit, is uh, the following. Uh, what if Shohan Aruch, the author of Shohan Aruch, didn't per se address an issue in Shohan Aruch, but he addressed it in one of his responses. Of course, Shohan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karo, didn't just write those essays that we just mentioned. He wrote as well, She'elot Teshubot, known as Avkat Rochel. We have as well, She'elot Teshubot, Beit Yosef. What if he put in a Teshubah, in a response to a question, and it wasn't per se binding specifically on that situation as opposed to another, he sets forth, forth law, is that as well binding in the same way? Does it carry as much weight as his words in Shohan Aruch or Bet Yosef? So you might say, well, it does or it doesn't. There's major and significant details that, are, that, that need to be taken into account because, 
And here's where we really lay the uh, principles of the class. Because it goes like this. Generally speaking, many, at the very least Sephardic poskim, assume that when it comes to a matter uh, that's dealing with a financial dispute, uh, financial disputes, generally speaking, if you learned Masechet Baba Kama, you're familiar with the law, which means to say, and really we're hitting the, in the foundations of the class at this moment, uh, which means to say, if I'm interested and say to you, you owe me money, the only way for me to extract that money from you is if I have proof. The onus of responsibility is on the person who's taking it away from the mursak, from the person who has that in their hand. Is halacha which is written in Shohan Aruch, to be considered proof. In other words, you have money, I dispute that, I say that money belongs to me, I point to a sa'if, to a segment or a statement in Shohan Aruch, and I say, ah, you see the words of Shohan Aruch? Uh, you owe me that money. The answer is quite clearly, that's re'aya, that's proof. What if alternatively, you have Shohan Aruch on your, hand, on your side, but I have some other posek on my side? Can I enter into the dispute and say, the halachic terminology is, kimli, I am accepting and standing by that other posik, again, shohan aruch, in order to hold on to or to extract money from another person. And the way the poskim have wrote it, written it for quite some time is that the words of shohan aruch we look at as certain. And therefore, shohan aruch rules in this situation that the money's his, it's his. Irrespective of another person's claim or charge, even if they're holding on to it and they say, oh, I'm basing myself on rashba or harambam, Shohan Aruch wrote otherwise, we take the money from their hand and give it to the other. So again, to state that somewhat clearly, and there's been much written on this, I as a matter of fact have, it was published last year, two pretty fat books called Klale Kim Li B'Shohan Aruch. That was an amazing thing. There's two Sefarim at this point written on this topic to state and to underscore the significance of the Pesachim of the Halacha of Shohan Aruch. So again, stated clearly, if Shohan Aruch said X, and I'm trying, I'm holding on to, a, I have $100,000. You're claiming, well, Shohan Aruch claims that money belongs to me. I say, okay, that's Shohan Aruch. I'm holding on to the money. I have on my side, Rashba, Harambam, whatever it is, you take the money from me. Shohan Aruch wins out in those situations. What if you have not Shohan Aruch, but you have on your side, She'elot Teshubot Avkat Rochev? Same author. You have on your side, for argument's sake, Kesef Mishneh. You have on your side Bet Yosef. You have on your side Bet Akaba. Any of those other books other than Shohan Aruch. So we have this principle. Kim Li against Shohan Aruch doesn't work. That's the halachic terminology. Would it work if you have Tishubot of the same person on your side? Amazingly, that's a matter of dispute. In the first sorts, in She'elot, Tishubot, Rav Pe'alim, Chilek Bet, Hoshin Mishpat, Siman Bet, that's the same author of Ben Ishai, the famous Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad. Be'inyan Kabbalat Hora'at Maranzal, he writes, Hanehuga Barsot Ha'chaim Tibanev Tikonim Bibirah Be'amenu, Ve'od Kama Mekomot, he writes, the acceptance of Shohan Aruch's words, which are, which is widespread in Israel, many other places, Ubichlalam, that's the issue we were dealing with. Remember those words. I can't claim, even though I'm holding on to it, I'm the muhsak, I'm against Maran Shohan Aruch. If the instruction of Shohan Aruch is against my possession, it's yours. Uh, continues, he writes, 
כי מדין תורה בכל מקום עושים החברו עליו הראיה ואין מוציאים ממון מספק, generally speaking you say you can't take away that money from me unless you have a clear proof, the words of שולחן ערוך are that clear proof. I can't go against it. Next paragraph. אמנם, מצינו להרבנים האחרונים שנסתפקו בקבלה זו. And says you find in some of the later authorities that they have a ספק, they have a doubt on this tradition. אם קיבלו דבריו מה שפסק בשולחן ערוך דווקא, אבל מה שפסק בתשובותיו לא הווה בכלל הקבלה הנזכרת, אלא הולכים בזה אחר דין תורה, דאין מוציאים ממון מן המוחזק, על פי תשובת מרן ז"ל, אחד דעיקה פוסקים דפליגי עליו, או דילמה קיבלו דבריו, גם על מה שפסק בתשובה ולא נזכרו בשולחנו הטהור. This is the ספק, the doubt of the later authorities. What? Ben Ishai, what Rabbi Yosef Chaim Baghdad goes on to do is to cite from several, he calls it three, perhaps is even more from his presentation, major authorities who claim, the irony again, same personality, same individual, if he wrote it in Shohan Aruch, it's binding to the extent that you can't say Kimli against it. You can't hold on to your money against the words of Shohan Aruch. The Torah Vadai are the words. It's certain that it's not yours. If it's in Te'elot Teshbot, Avkat Rochil, if it's in any other essay or work of Rabbi Yosef Karo, it doesn't have the same status and stature. That's a very significant word and description with regards to our longer conversation of the written words of halakha. Is it not? It's stating that the written words of halakha are determined based on their being in writing in specific contexts. Even though it's the same personality. If you asked Rabbi Yosef Karo, based on his Teshuvah, what his opinion is, he would tell you X, Y, or Z. Doesn't matter if it's not in his Shohan Aruch. Back, Teddy, to the conversation of Shohan Aruch being a Pesach halakha book or not, the last class, the written words of halakha number eight. Well, very clearly, Shohan Aruch has emerged according to this. as the authority to the extent that Bet Yosef, although it's not explicitly in this, might even not be grounds for Pesach Halacha. Again, this is akin to, this is similar to our conversation with regards to that Bedek Habayid conversation that I mentioned earlier. Chacham Ovadia Yosef, interestingly, initially in his Yabia Omer Chelegimal, seems to embrace this in one particular conversation, But later in his Yabiya Omer Chelektet, Hoshin Mishpat Siman Aleph, absolutely powerfully and passionately opposes it. His very clear statement, and his son, Chacham Yitzhak, the current chief rabbi, or Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, says, Tefos Leshono Ha'acharon, hold on to this final statement of his from Yabiya Omer Chelektet, Hamvadya Yosef is opposed to this. He says, what are you talking about? Are you aware who we're talking about? It's the same person who wrote Shohan Aruch. You're going to tell me, but he wrote it in one book, but not in the other. So what? If you asked him, he would tell you that's the halacha. No kimli, no way of opposing that. He's referring to the approach of Rav Pe'alim. Why do we accept Shohan Aruch? So what we've been suggesting until now is because he is Shohan Aruch. Says Hamvadya Yosef, no, it's because he is our master, our teacher. To put it in a halachic terminology that Alex and Abi love very much, he's saying that we're focusing on the gavra, on the personality, not on the hefza, not on his book, Shohan Aruch. Maran hu, b'shum shu rabbenu, umare de'atra dilan. Chacham Vadya Yosef has this general approach, which ironically, or not so much so, he bases on she'elot et shubot avkat rochel, 
The concept is that Rabbi Yosef Karo is Marade Atrav Aradi Israel. He is the rabbi after his death, much as during his lifetime of the land of Israel. Long before Chabad came along and said, Long live the Rebbe after his death, Chacham Vadya Yosef said it about Rabbi Yosef Karo. Of course, he's not saying that he's actually alive, but his statement is through and through, he is the rabbi of Eretz Israel, but he's not alive. Doesn't matter. And he bases himself again on what Rabbi Yosef Karo writes in Avkat Rochel about Harambam, even after the death of Harambam. He is Marad de Atra. He's the rabbi of the city. He's the rabbi of the place known as the land of Israel. To the extent that we've discussed this in other classes, he alludes to, although he's not forceful, to the extent that maybe he would have wanted to be, that since Rabbi Yosef Karo is the rabbi of Israel, it means whether you're Sephardi in origin or Ashkenazi, who do you have to follow? Rabbi Yosef Karo. But I don't follow that book. It's not about a book. It's about the rabbi against Ramah. He has in a Teshubah, which Rabbi Waldenberg and Sitz Eliezer is very against, very opposed to. He seems to say that Ashkenazi women living in Israel should stop saying Berachan positive time bar mitzvot, following the opinion of Rabbi Utam in uh, in in Rosh Hashanah Gimel. He thinks that they should stop doing that. They should follow instead the words of Harambam. They should follow the words of Shohan Aruch in two places. Well, that being the case, Chacham Vadya Yosef very clearly to our conversation, our discussion, the written words of Halakha, the spoken words of Halakha, the Hafsa, the Gavra, he's very clear. It's about the personality. He's very clear this system is not as funny or as counterintuitive as we may have suggested earlier. Does that mean that anyone who accepted Shulchan Aruch has to accept Avkat Aruch, all these things? Yes. The exact same stature. Not only anyone who accepted, everybody did accept. There's no acceptance There's no any longer. Anymore. He's the rabbi. That's it. It's done. That's so it. every book is now... Uh, Binding. Must be anything that he wrote yeah. is binding. binding. That's right. What's the, what's the logic why you can't say Kimli against Shukhan? Because we accept, because based. I hold like an Ashvah because you accepted Shukhan Aru, so like it's not like a claim. That's the, log, that's the logic why you can't say Kimli against Shukhan Aru. So I'm going to say, I never heard of the. Uh, his okay, claim is you, you didn't accept Shukhan Aru, you accepted the rabbi. That's his claim. It's Marad de'atra. That's what he's writing. That's Chacham Vadya's claim. Hachen aktinan b'chol miledi suvete. That's a longer conversation. Where are you going to fall if it's mentioned in no place? Okay, then you need to go into a whole separate conversation of Kelele Pesika, which opens a whole other can of worms, a significant and important one. Uh, but at the very least, when he does mention it in one place, on this matter, there's a dispute. His, Go ahead. What's his opinion if it's a contradiction within two books? Uh, okay, you know, that's... No, 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 this, there's no simple answer. There's, there's, no, I'm saying that, Kim Lee versus the guy now. Does he go by the later questions. He generally speaking states you go by the later There's A, question about always what's, what's the latest, right, right. and B, there's... When you have a higher... So right, when you have Daniel. a minhag one way, yeah. does that outweigh it? There's, there's all sorts of scales. Okay, yeah, and very clearly, no, he claims. Right. Because there was never an acceptance of Ramah in his opinion, Betorat Vadai. He's an important authority, but never Betorat Vadai. In Fash Kedazim, that's his claim. What's the last we don't know is the simple answer. We don't entirely know, and 
again, it, it should have a major part in this conversation, but it, it generally, as well as the tissue both, they're not all dated, and it, 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 there's no simple, simple approach. Anyway, so anyway, that's what he, don't have higher value because they're actual cases? You can make opposite claim. You could claim that it was opposite. specific for the context, oh, okay. right? Okay. Uh, so that's the introduction to the class. Now yeah. I want to get to one case study. That's what I want to do in the rest of the class. One case study, which in my opinion is a very significant one, but that's the general. Now, we're no longer going to be dealing with a tissue of we're going to deal with his words in Beit Yosef. That's what I'd like to deal with. So again, we're equating for our conversation anything other than Shulchan Aruch as opposed to Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch, his words, its words, better yet, are binding according to all, for all intents and purposes, in theory. Uh, his words, well, not so much so. Uh, what about if his words in Shulchan Aruch reflect something and I interpret them in one way, while in Bet Yosef, he himself interpreted them differently. What's the best type of example you could find for this? In Shohan Aruch, he quotes the words of Harambam, which are somewhat open to interpretation. I interpret them in this fashion. The same author who put the words of Harambam down on the page in his Bet Yosef interpreted them differently. Am I now bound to his interpretation of, ironically, his own words? Or can I alternatively say, well, he quoted the words of Harambam, I'm not going against his written words. That will, very much consistent with Chacham Avadya's approach, be absolutely, positively follow how he told you what he means. He told you that's what it means. You can't go against it. Everyone on the other end... Benish high included, we'll find explicitly, will feel differently. We'll suggest that the words of Shulchan Aruch have an independence. They stand now independent of, so to speak, the originator, the person who wrote them down. Uh, that's what we'd like to address. So what's the particular case? Go ahead. Question? I just have one question. Go ahead. We, you've discussed on many occasions that his, Shulchan Aruch is based on his betin of Aramban, Leith, and Rosh. Yes. Are the rest of his works, specifically Akat Rochel, also based on those on those personalities? He doesn't state so explicitly. The reason I ask is because we've seen an instance where we find a Shalok Tishvot of Harambam and Hamad is okay changing his Pesach on something else. Right. But if the rest of his works aren't based on that, then it's not so consistent anymore. Right. I, I would agree, unless, again, it's the personality, and you're going to have to fall back on the personality. In other words, you're, you're finding grounding uh, grounds for the other approach. In other words, I accepted Shulchan Aruch because of his methodology, as opposed to others which don't per se follow that methodology. Again, it touches on uh, like, like a, almost a truths of halakha conversation. In other words, could he actually believe in this work one way and in another work work within a different methodological framework? Is that possible? After all, if he believes this is the halakha based on his principles, how could he write differently? It's hard to imagine that in Akkar Rochel, he's going to say... Oh, That's correct. In fact, Haram, uh, Rabbi Yosef Karo is not the only to advance such a theory. You have it in She'elot Tishabot Radvaz as well, that we should go based on this sort of bedin of three more uh, hora'ah. You find uh, in his own generation those who disagreed with it, but generally speaking, you're not going to find anything in which if the three of them or the majority of them will go one way, that he'll rule differently. All right, but that being the case, here's the case study. The case study happens to do with something which you might say is not so significant. 
Ironically, it has made waves even recently in the famous, although we won't touch on it, the famous Bamba conversation, the most recent time, Chacham David Yosef, Chacham Yitzhak Yosef, and many others debating what their father's position was on it. But I'm not going to touch on that per se because in the scheme of things, this didn't actually sway anything, but it came up. Uh, the conversation the con- and the issue I'd like to address is the following. What happens when you have fruits that are turned into uh, uh, fruit uh, sauce, when they're pureed? Well, what's the halacha in such a circumstance with regards to the beracha? For argument's sake, the gemara situation, I'm dealing with date or dates, a date or dates, and I crushed the date very finely. What's the beracha now? Uh, or I have uh, applesauce. What's the beracha then? The Gemara in Masechet Berachot and Daflamit Cheta Mudalef seems to initially be speaking very clearly. Hilcheta Tamre, if you have dates, Ve'avdinu Teroma, and you turn them into something. Mevarchin Alavayhu Bore Priayetz. You make the Beracha on them, Bore Priayetz. My Ta'ama. What's the reason that they maintain the Beracha? Bemiltayu Kayeme Kedemeikara. They are as they were initially. They maintain their status. Well, what is that word, taroma or tarima? What is that word? What are we referring to? Well, that's the million-dollar question. Rashi, in his commentary to the Gemara, right there, and the Flamet Het, writes, V'shem tarima kol davar hakatush kesat ve'eno merusak. The words of Rashi are the definition of this word in the Gemara is anything that is cut or chopped a little bit, but it's not entirely crushed. Those are the words of Rashi, which means to say, in the simple interpretation, although Rashi could be debated, but the way most, certainly Rabbi Yosef Karo understands uh, Rashi, uh, is as follows. If I'm dealing with something that's entirely pureed, has no pieces left, in that situation, if it still has some pieces left, so I'm dealing with a paste, if you will, of to the extent that it's entirely pasty of uh, dates, if it still has some pieces left in it, then it would still be ha'etz. That's the simple interpretation of Rashi. Harambam, in his Mishneh Torah, of course, Perek Chet of Ilchot Berachot Halacha Dalit, writes the following, Timarim, date, Shemi'achan bayad vehosi gar'inin shalahim ve'asa mehem isa, if you have dates which you smashed with your hand, you took out the seeds and made from them some sort of isa, literally means dough, it means you put together some sort of pasty thing. Mivarech alehem bore priayetz. The birachanam is bore priayetz. Arambam does not seem to distinguish, does he? His words seem somewhat clear. He's not distinguishing. He's not saying in their pieces. He's not saying you cut it partially. In the simple sense, this is a dispute between Rashi and Harambam. Rashi will tell you there's a distinction between if a little bit is left over, Harambam differently, and indeed that's the way Rabbi Yosef Karo understands it in his Bet Yosef, both in Siman Resh Bet, as well as in Siman Resh Dale, take a look at Siman Resh Bet, Piresh Rashi, Tarima, Davar HaKatush Kesat, Ve'en Omerusak. 
ומשמע מדבריו שאם היה מרוסק לגמרי, הם מברכים עליו בורא פרי העץ. The words of Bet Yosef, as we explained in Rashi earlier, are if it's entirely crushed to the extent that there's no pieces in the sense of they look the same as beforehand, שהכל. If there are, בורא פרי העץ, וכן נראה מדברי רבנו. Bet Yosef says that seems to be the opinion of Tur. וכן כתוב בתרומת הדש אין סימן כ"ט. Three major authorities, all side, on that angle, the Rashi angle, Aval. I start the sentence with Aval, it means but. הרמב״ם כתב תמרים שמיעכן ביד והוציא גרעינים שלהם ועשם כמו יישם מברך עליה תחילה בורא פרי העץ ולבסוף ברכה אחת מהן שלוש כתבו רבנו בסמוך וכתב שאפדה אפשר שגם רי מודה להרמב״ם. אז אז בית יוסף הרמב״ם disagrees with רשי תרומת הדשן and tour Now, if we're generally speaking, uh, knowing the principles of Shulchan Aruch, we know where he's going to go. As much as he loves and embraces Tur, Rashi, and Turumat Adeshin, if Harambam is on the other angle, on the other end, Harambam is going to win on this. And indeed, in source number eight, Shulchan Aruch writes so, seemingly. He just quotes the words of Harambam. In source number seven, before that, in Siman Resh Dalid, Maran, at the end of Resh Dalid, Rabbi Yosef Karo comes back to this point and just repeats to us, you should know. Rashi aligns with Trumat Adeshin. Harambam is opposed to that. Shohan Aruch, Temarim, Resh Bet, Zayin, Temarim, Shemi'achan Beyad, Ve'asa Mehem Isa, Ve'osi Mehem Garinehem, Afilu Achel, Lo Nishtanet Berchatan, Mvarech Alehem, Bore Priyayet, Ulbasof Berachachat Mehen Shalosh. The words of Shohan Aruch are almost verbatim Harambam. It's certainly a taking his words and applying them in his own language. Hagah, רמה רבי משה יסלס רייטס, ויש אומרים לברך עליהם שהכל, תרומת הדשן, בית יוסף בשם הטור, וטוב לחוש לך תחילה לברך שהכל, אבל אם בירך בורא פרי העץ יעשה, כי כן נראה עיקר. רייטס רמה, listen, ideally say שהכל because it seems the majority of authorities that I'm comfortable with say to say shakol. However, you say bore priyaretz, you're okay, no need to fix it, because in truth, it seems to me that that is right. Okay, we can leave Ramah's words a little bit confusing aside for the moment. Let's focus on the words of Shohan Aruch. <laughs> Shohan Aruch is being posek like Harambam. This should be an open and shut situa- situation. Someone comes, uh, you, you know, someone wants to spoon out uh, baby food and they see there's some pieces in it. What's the beracha? Ooh, it says in Shohan Aruch, Shehako, Chalas, done. We're not distinguishing. Harambam doesn't distinguish. There's no difference between if there's pieces it's, or not. It's, it's, Excuse me. Ha'etz, irrespective of whether there's pieces or not, uh, let me restate it, right? If I'm dealing with in such a situation, I'm certainly going to say bore priya'etz. Even if it's baby food, that's the way I want to say it. It's fully pureed. What's the beracha going to be in such a situation? Still bore priya'etz. If this were the case and life was so simple, the class is over here and there's no written words of halakha situation to be discussed. However, here's where it gets interesting. Starting with Ben Ishchai. We're fast forwarding a lot, but that's the way we'd like to do it for the moment. The same Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, whom we read earlier, who told us that the words of Shohan Aruch are very much binding. The words of Rabbi Yosef Karo not as much so, writes the following, in Shana Rishona, Parashat Pinehas, Ot Yod Bet, Gam Po'irenu Darkan Lerasek Tmarim Im Shimshimin. 
I think shimshimin is sesame, right? So they take, I don't know, do people do this today? It's like a hummus with tahina with, uh, with dates. That's uh, delicious. Madgoga, something like that. Deshurata din, that's, I know, people are going to listen, that's going to be the biggest issue. You don't know what madgoja is, Rabbi? Anyway, deshurata din, imni traseku legamre, she'enni kar surata tmarim, yevarech shehako. Vim adai nishar hatichot minat marim, shenikar shehem tmarim, yevarech bore priayet, viftora she'ar. What does Benish Hai say? He's posek lahalacha, like Rashi, like Trumata Deshen, like the Rama seems to go, and that is. If you don't see surata peri, if you don't see pieces of the fruit in it, you're going to be saying shehakol. That's not what Shohan Aruch told us. Shohan Aruch said when it's fully pureed, you should still be saying bore priayet. Ben Ishchai is not going that way. Why not? How could he be going against Shohan Aruch? Why would he be posek? He generally speaking doesn't do that in his Rav Pe'alim, which is back to his Shailot to Teshubot, his responsa, Ben Ishchai makes the following claim. And before we read, I want to just uh, pause for station identification. What we've been developing in this class is the general principle and idea that the written words of Halakha, generally speaking, will or have won the day. And what we mean by that is the written words, irrespective of, so to speak, the intent that underlay them, uh, not taking into account the personality, his mind, heart, and uh, his own actions, but what do his words dictate to us? In the many, many ironic circumstances, that's been in the winning word in terms of determining law. We discussed and mentioned in this context, leaving the Tishubot aside, that it'd be interesting to find if Rabbi Yosef Karo, in his Bet Yosef, translates, explains a matter of halakha one way, but in his Shohan Aruch presents it somewhat ambiguously, whether we could interpret his words in Shohan Aruch differently than he himself did. That's what's about to happen. What's about to happen is Ben Ishchai Rabbi Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, followed by several other, are going to advance a reading in Harambam, which after all, as we said, are the words of Shohan Aruch, which does not accord with the reading of Rabbi Yosef Karo himself. That's how this Pesach is fundamentally being driven. What do I mean by that? Well, let's go back to the words of Harambam. Source number five. Timarim shemi'achan bayad v'hosigar inin shalahem ve'asa mehem isa. Mevarchin alehem bore pri ha'etz. You may not have heard it. I'll read it again. Timarim shemi'achan bayad. And so forth. It means your hands. Why did Harambam enter, insert that word with your hands? It says you press. Your hands can only go a certain way, will be the argument. If you used any utensil, it would be shehakol. The words of the Gemara were not what tipped Harambam off this. The Gemara just said if you're eating a tarima, you make on it poripriayet. Harambam seems, if we read it like this, to be inspired by something along the lines of Rashi. His understanding is, and he's giving you an example for how to articulate and how to understand that distinction. When you use your hands for pressing, it's not as finely pureed as when you use a utensil. You use a utensil, shakol. Use your hand, bore priayet. 
That will be the claim of Ben Ishai. It'll be the claim of... The look at is either do you go with the Yad or the word Isha, which seems to imply that there's no pieces showing and that it's like a complete case. No? I hear you. In other words, you have both ends of this, although an Isa could have pieces in it as well. But you're right. Uh, Jacob says, on the other hand, you have the word Isa, which is an important, significant word. The interesting thing is you have the words of Harambam, which they point out, which we won't address in Hilchot Tirumot, where he uses Biyad, and it doesn't seem to be... A, suggesting the same thing, all technicalities in the scheme of the fundamentals over here. Uh, Rav Pe'alim, same author as Ben Ishai, gives his rationale, he's dealing with the same issue. We can suggest that Harambam would agree. Excuse me, Harambam is talking about where uh, a situation where it still has its surah, it still looks like dates. And he's being He says, Maran clearly isn't going that way. Therefore, says Ben Ishai in his final lines on this matter, since I have what's called a safik berachot, I have, should I say, or shehakol, I'd rather veer on the side of caution, say shehakol, because I can even interpret the words of Shohanaruch, even though it's not what he meant, as maintaining that when it's finely pureed, when it's entirely crushed and made into an isa, that's uh, to the extent that you can't make out the fruits any longer, I should be making the berachah of shehakol. Go ahead. He's, he's not... Uh, not, not saying that he's, he's interpreting Shulchan Aruch that way. He's no. Interpreting Haram Bam, 100%. But meaning, it's, not, it's not because he's saying, I can go with my own interpretation. You are right. I have not hit he's those saying, words yet. He's saying that... I believe that this is Haram Bam. I don't care to go against Maran. I know it's against Maran, and I know it's against Shulchan Aruch. I agree with you. I we have not hit the sharp language that we're looking for if we're going to make this written words of Halakha, yeah? Yeah, but he's clearly... But he's ignoring the Beit Yosef. He's, he's clearly comfortable going against Beit Yosef's yeah. interpretation Yosef. of Harambam. Yes. At the very least, we've yes. hit that. that That's correct. Uh, enough. It does, yeah. though. It does, though. It, it wow. gets close. Because it's saying, although the personality, right. the Yosef Karo, would tell you that's not the proper interpretation of Harambam, it's still it. And he's not going with it because of Shulchan Aruch. Agreed, Aruch. agreed. But again, but the person, if halakha, if, if, if I know that Rabbi Yosef Karo would tell me differently, and I generally speaking follow his words, so it doesn't matter what I think. He adds in as well, Safek Berachot Lehakel, in order to make this claim. Okay, perhaps. Uh, you are right, we haven't hit it sharp enough yet. Okay, well, we need to go a little bit further in order to see if we can hit a sharper line on this. Uh, some generations later, uh, a rabbi, Chacham Ben Siona Bashaul, he was uh, the head of Yeshivat Porat Yosef. He lived in the same building, as a matter of fact, as Chacham Vadya Yosef for many years. They were study partners, Havrutot, when they were in Yeshivat together. And yet, their derech, their approach to Pesika, is very different one from the other on many matters, many levels. In the past, we've talked about their appreciation for Minhag. Chacham uh, Vadya Yosef is more comfortable opposing the long-standing tradition in terms of minhag, whereas Kham ben felt differently. We've addressed it in terms of what Elliot mentioned earlier as well. What if there's a discovery of later texts? Are those significant in changing the Pesach? I found the Teshubah of Harambam of Rif, which now got unearthed. They didn't have it. 
should that change the Pesach? They disagreed about that. Each one hitting on certain principles with regards to their understanding of the underlying um, reality of Halakha. Here's his question. And Alex, we still won't hit the sharp wording yet, so give it a minute. What's the beracha on puree? Teshubah. Al resek perot me varech shakomihia bidvaro. Gasp. Again, Shohan Aruch. Vim berecha labore priya etz yasa. Those are the exact words of Rama. Vav al resek tapuhayadama. Yesh le varech shakomihia bidvaro. Even when it's uh, potatoes, I guess mashed potatoes, you should say shakomihia bidvaro. Chambin Siona Bashot explains to his rationale. Bishohan Aruch. Bissiman resh bet. Saif Zayin Katav. And he quotes the Shohan Aruch's words. Vehula shon haram. His words that you crushed it, you mashed it with your hands, sounds like it specifically that you did it with your hands. If you did it with a utensil, change. Nothing that has surprised us, because we saw this, and it is, and he is criticized for leaving this out. It is what Benish Hai already told us in his Rav Pe'adim. We're not too excited. We're not too excited about discovering something new. And Chambenzion very often would fall in line with Benish Hai. He does over here as well. Ulam bebet Yosef Sham katav shedat Rambam he delokerashi utrumat adeshin venera. And clearly, Bet Yosef didn't read, and Jacob suggests it's not that he missed the words biyad. Either he said it's less significant than you're making it out to be, and Harambam's just talking about the normal way of doing it, or alternatively, the Isa words later on are significant. Ulam Although it is clear, the opinion of Rabbi Yosef Karo, I say that on purpose. are falling on the same line of thought on this matter. The intention of Rabbi Yosef Karo, not significant. The intention of Harambam is what's significant. Rabbi Yosef Karo felt differently than us. We accept his words when they're in Shulchan Aruch. We don't when they're outside of it, is the way we're suggesting now. And couple that with Safek Berachot Lehakil. Let's make a Berachav Shehakol. Like the Pshar the Gemara sounds like if it, it said, says, uh, what's it called? The Mikara. Yeah, okay, so it sounds like not like the Rambam. It, it seems like nobody cared what the Gemara said for the last. Uh, <laughs> 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 just means they are. That's the same like Isa. Yeah, I know like, exactly. If you overread those words, you're no, being very little on those words. Yeah. In other words, the Gemara might just be saying, they didn't change their status. Nothing more, nothing less. As opposed to, it's because they still appear. There's no word nikar per se in the Gemara. It's bimiltayu, in their matter. 
in the on this state of being. Uh-huh. Uh, that, okay, that's that's what the and debate we, mind center. Does Rashi know what the uh, what was it? Tridat? What was that? What was that? What was that? Not, not clear. In other the words, what's, so so. I mean, Mishim He seems to actually maybe have an idea what they're actually right, talking so about. That you might Whereas recall, nobody else knows what the recall, food is. I purposefully said. Uh, a simple reading of Rashi, yeah. simple reading of Rashi, as Beit Yosef certainly interprets it. The other way to go on Rashi is that Rashi was never weighing in on this. Rashi may have known what this was, right. and Rashi's saying this is what it is, matter of factly. Don't read into my right. words that if it was right. fully fine uh, pureed, the beracha would right. be different. I'm just telling you what it is. It's clearly well, not the way. It's clearly and not. That, is that is the definition. Right. That's a, I'm just defining for you the word. It's not a halachic line to distinguish from right. puree in the finest sense. Right. But Bet Yosef clearly is not understanding Rashi that way. So we, 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 we take Bet Yosef's explanation of Rashi. We don't no, take no, his no, explanation no. of Rambam. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, everyone else is, 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 no, right. The, the vast majority. No, no, no. Who's we? He's saying Cham Ben Zion and Ben Ishai. You're going, Chacham Vadya, he's talking about that. We didn't do it yet, we didn't do it yet. Chacham Vadya Yosef, in the next two sources, in source 12, and then 13 will be the more significant one for what he's quoting in source 12. But even before reading 12 and 13, let's read his son, the current Sephardic chief rabbi in source number 14. And see, Chacham Yosef, prior to being chief rabbi, he published a set of books called the Yitzhak. And in them, he set out to organize, uh, to the best of his capabilities, um, Pesach Halacha. How does Pesach Halacha work? And the third volume of this three-volume set is the Klale Pesikah of Shohan Aruch. What are the principles that govern Shohan Aruch? Many, if not all, the questions that were thrown out that I said complicated, they're all addressed in there. Obviously, he's got his angle. Obviously, there's lots of debate. It's a very fat volume with many examples and issues. But in it, of course, he has to address this. Here's what he writes in his undertext on page Shin Yod Chet. Ahar ha he's disagreeing with Ben Ishai. Advarim Timuhim. Deheach anu yecholim lahalok amaran habet Yosef. How can we, and again, uh, Alex, we are not arriving at the sharp language yet, but how can we even suggest or accept a different interpretation from a halakha perspective against Rabbi Yosef Karo? He says, very clearly, we will follow. He does have in there a line, unless we find different interpretations in the Rishonim. But he says, the words of Rabbi Yosef Karo, in interpretation, when there's a halachic ramification, are just as significant as his words, my words, in Shohan Aruch, which, of course, will lead us back to our initial conversation. would be no different. He concludes, I actually alluded to this in that other class, with a fame in, in number eight, with a famous statement in Magid Mesharim, without getting too far into it, just read the words. He says, She'af imaran mm-hmm. Now the work Magid Mesharim, which we dedicated a full class to, of course, is this work 
which was not published in the lifetime of Rabbi Yosef Karo. There was dispute afterwards whether he even wrote it. We accepted and are clear that he did. It's his conversations with an angelic force or being known as a Magid with a lot of mystical descriptions, a lot of problematic and hard to understand halachic claims and Kabbalistic uh, directions. But there's a famous passage in Parashat Vayakil in which he had an interpretation of Harambam in which they said to him, so to speak, from the heavens, it's wrong. It's not what Harambam meant. But guess what? God loves that interpretation. Says Rabbi Hamitzchak Yosef. You see that? Rabbi Yosef Karo, you understand how strong his words are? Of course, it gets into conversation. And it makes you wonder if we're going to be consistent in the Chacham world against Kabbalah and things of that sort. He's throwing it in yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with a wink and a smile, I'm certain, at the end over here. But to, now, till the Benish kind basically saying that everyone accepted Shohan Aruch's interpretation of Rambam until the Benish For our purposes, there is quoted earlier sources. Okay. Benish Hai himself quotes from earlier. Yeah. Hacham Vadya will allude to them as well. Harav Nahar Shalom was earlier, okay. among others. But generally speaking, the answer is yes in terms of practice, but there are. Chacham Vadeh Yosef, again, as we are expecting, as we saw, his son is going to tell us the audacity to disagree with Rabbi Yosef Karo's interpretation in a long tissue bar. I would be lying to you if I told you this was the only issue. Anytime we have a halachic dispute, debate, and issue, there's going to be many angles through which it needs to be addressed. Just this point, at least in the Hacham of Adya Yosef world, would not be sufficient to just say to Yosef Karo says it. Keep in mind what Alex has been repeating once or twice is, it's a Safik Berachot Hakel situation. There's other issues. He has to address that. He has to address what is the opinion of Rashi. He has to address what's the majority view in the Rishonim. He has many angles. I, I would be too simple in saying this is the only issue, but it's a significant one for us to draw out how he addresses it. Shuvra Iti, he writes in paragraph at the end, of, in, in a, a brackets at the end of one of the paragraphs. Lahagaon Rabbi Yosef Yedid HaLevi. Cham Yosef Yedid HaLevi was a, a rabbi, if I'm not mistaken, came originally from Halab. He lived, he became the chief rabbi of Shkunat Bukharim. He wrote uh, several books. He has descendants in the community until today. And he wrote Yemei Yosef, Yemei Yosef Batra. As a matter of fact, uh, some of the first Syrian halakha books, which I, which I got as a present from my father, he had like a pile of them, I guess in the late 80s or something like that, they were given a man, Sha'ad Yon, or Cham Yosef Yedid Halevi's books. But anyway, here in his book, and Cham Vadya reminisced on one or two occasions about his library and how he would sometimes have access to his library when he was younger. Chambadya grew up in Shunat HaBukharim in Yerushalayim. Anyway, he writes that in his book, Birkat Yosef, Halek Bet, Tamam Me'od Al Harav Nehar Shalom Bezeh. Nehar Shalom is the opinion who reads the words of Harambam, like Ben Ishai, like Cham Ben Sion, Biyad, being very specific. Sheikh Bala Halok Adivre Maran Meor Hagolara Banshi Israel, Vashe Belisa Fekodvara Biro Hakodesh Nemro, Ukmoshet Katav Haravurim Tumim, Ubemecha Ravna Hashalom, Shagag Bezeme Odatata. Okay, I'm, I've picked that out on purpose for us to pay attention to it. How can you negate the words of Beit Yosef? Now it's drummed up and built up, Bruah HaKodesh, etc. But we can state it. We can state a bunch of Kol Yisrael. We can state it in halachic terminology. If we accept it, Shulchan Aruch is binding, we accepted the personality. 
האמת אהובה ביותר. I messed up the wording on such a beautiful line. Okay, uh, my typing is off. But regardless, he says, although I love Chambenzion, although he's beloved to me. He says, my beloved friend, I guess he didn't uh, pay attention to everything we brought in terms of interpreting. He says, furthermore, I can internally in Harambam make the argument, as I told you from Hilchot Terumot, that Biyad is being overread. Okay, but here's the lines I wanted to arrive at. The whole class is worth it for this final one. And to be honest with you, until recently, I was not familiar with this tissue, but I always had this in theory. I mentioned it even in the last class, knowing the Shailot Shvod Yabi Omer with Helik Zayin. It's just recently I saw Helik Tet. Helik Tet comes back in a short and brief tishuba to deal with this matter again. And in it, he says, I received a book that Chacham Ben Ziona Basha'ul's student wrote, in which he asked his rabbi the question that we've been dealing with. One more time, what have we been dealing with? We've been dealing with pureed fruits like date paste. What's the beracha going to be? Simple interpretation of Shohan Aruch. What's the beracha? Ha'et. What's the counterclaim? Shehakol. How do you claim Shehakol? Because we read the same words which Shohan Aruch is quoting from Harambam a little bit differently than Shohan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karo himself read them. That's the suggestion. That's the angle. Uh, that's what we had a long slew of Aharonim who laid authorities who are arguing. So Ham Vadya Yosef, his son, others, Ham Yosef Yedid Halevi. How dare you? You can't do that. Accepted the personality. Personality is binding. By extension, we're stating all his works are binding. Bet Yosef, anything that ever rose to his mind, of course, it'll it'll call to our attention. What do you do then with Magid Mesharim? You'll have to listen to that class in order to figure out how do we square that with this, especially because in there. He's so terrible. He contradicts some of what he writes in Shohan Aruch. But here it is. Hen ata helik tet ya biomer al haim siman kafal. Hen ata nitpas mehadash sefer. Hachi kara shemo. I love the way he writes. That's what we say at a, at a, at a milah. Hachi kara shemo. What's the name? Vekulom hamadim. Laharav rabbeinu avner zada. Okay. In the book of student. Student of the rabbi. He asked his rabbi, He asked him, Even in Siman Resh It's explicit. Bet Yosef. We know what his intention was. And the response allegedly of Chacham Ben Siona Bashaul is, She'anu lo kibalnu havanata bet Yosef, raka pesak v'shohan aruch. We didn't accept the interpretation, the understanding of Rabbi Yosef Karo, rather his words in Shohan Aruch. Inameh, said in different words, a little different. Lo kibalnu horaot maran sheba bet Yosef. We didn't accept the rulings of bet Yosef, ela rak ma shepasak v'shohan aruch. Because the second one says there's grounds for saying when he wrote his Shohan Aruch, he understood Harambam differently, right. even though. It's, it's, come being, it's being uh, a literalist, like, definite effectualism. 
again, it's, it's, it's just, it, in other words, when it, what it amounts to is ultimately speaking, we're well aware, at least it seems to us, Rabbi Yosef Karo didn't change his mind from Beit Yosef to Shohan Aruch. And although his words in Shohan Aruch are just the words of Haram Baham, we're not saying that his interpretation isn't what's by, oh, we love his interpretation. How do I know that that was, if he spelled it out explicitly in Shohan Aruch, in other words, uh, that, that's the difference. He spelled it out explicitly in Shohan Aruch and we knew he was basing himself on Haram Bam, we would accept it according to the second pro. Either way you go, they're all wrong. And as we pull out the foundation, of course, Nafal Habinyan, the entire building falls. In short, to piece it all together, we discussed and we developed another segment of the written words of Halakha, number nine. And in this segment of the written words of Halakha, we found just one case study. Uh, truth be told, and I'll try to uh, limit it. I, I came up with a few in the past day or two that I was uh, thinking about packing into this, but I tried to take it easy on, on everyone by taking, and uh, I was told also the theme should be one that we should be able to designate in the title name of the class. Regardless, um, we dealt with one case study, the case study of pureed fruits. What's the beracha going to be when I have baby food? Should I be making borei priya eitz or be saying shakol niyabidvaro? If we were to wake him up from the grave, and I've, as I've told you more than once, many of you, it's my dream to have been there back in 16th century Sefat and to be speaking with Rabbi Yosef Karo and Arizal and anyone and everyone would be Moshe Cordovero. If I was there then and asked him this question, uh, baby food, what's the beracha? I brought back in time with me Gerber's, or I don't know, I forgot the other, it's been some time. I brought it back to him. I said, what's the beracha? I'm convinced. I think we're all convinced. It's very clear he would tell us. There's no question. He doesn't distinguish between that. That's Rabbi Yosef Karo's claim. And yet, says Ben Ishai to a certain extent, said Ben Bashol even further, allegedly based on his student the furthest, the words of Shohan Aruch are what will be binding, not his intention or his interpretation in Beit Yosef. His words in Shohan Aruch may be basing themselves on the words of Harambam in a somewhat of a clear fashion, open us to interpret them and to give them a life of their own. Ironically, his own spoken words, his own written interpretation is less significant for us than his bottom line description of the halakha in Shohan Aruch. If we're to tag this together, even though I told you you didn't need to, but if you listen to number eight of this series, you might recall we addressed, we discussed whether Shohan Aruch is to be treated as a halakha book or not. You couldn't find a better example than this one where Shohan Aruch is shining, according to many, as the Halakha book, as opposed to his own stated objective. Read my Beit Yosef. You'll understand the Halakha, and just to remember it, read Shohan Aruch, where the Nahafochu, uh, well in advance of Purim, were suggesting that his words in Shohan Aruch will be what's binding for us. Our interpretation of them will be and can be the determinant in terms of deciding the Pesach Halacha, whereas what the Gavra, the personality, the spoken words, if you will, uh, were in, are in reality is less significant to us. In short, the question of a simple is issue such as baby food, pureed fruit, I don't know, date paste of some sort, whether to say or is actually a debate, a discussion, which touches on the very core and fundamentals of Pesach. Amen.